When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jimmy Cliff on the phone, unbelievable legend. Jimmy Cliff, Jimmy, how are you? Fine, thank you. So you have the new album out, Breakout. Yes. And the the song that always really caught me off guard was Stepping Out of Limbo, sort of like a a Sitting in Limbo Part (laughs) 2. Right. Could you tell me about that one? Well, the album is kind of an evolution of my career, you know, a transition. And uh, the time when I wrote Sitting in Limbo, it was what was happening to me, you know, sitting. And uh, at this point, I am, you know, since I'm in a transition stage, I'm stepping out. So uh, I thought that it would be a good song to put on this album because of the the state of mind and the spirit that I'm in at this time when I was doing the album. And the album also, it the, it varies all the different rhythms and all that, you know, you have some samba, some reggae, yeah. some hip-hop, everything like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I wanted to make an album like this to show all the, the the various areas of black music that I've been involved with, or that I really like, that I've been listening to or involved in some way over the years. And because I were in the age of CD, I had the space and time to to spread out to do that, you know. So. Uh, that's what I did, and I'm pleased with the outcome of it. How much time did it take you to record this album? Not very long, actually. Um, I recorded half of the album in Brazil, which took me about a week. The week I spent, uh, no, okay, I spent about a week putting down the tracks and the voices and all that kind of thing, and about another two and a half, three weeks uh, mixing it and you know doing the final touches and all that. So it took me about a month to do what I had to do in Brazil. And uh, the other part in Jamaica took about another month. So, uh, you know, overall, working time, the album took about uh, about two months. Wow, that's unheard of in these days. Just, yeah. just went right in there and everything just worked out perfectly, huh? Yeah. And Shout for Freedom, I noticed on the inside on the liner notes, it says it was recorded previously. It was recorded uh, in the early 80s. Right, that's when I did a tour of Zaire. And you forgot the musicians that played on it, right? Well, I, I, the, the, I didn't get the name of each individual musician, but it was by Franco. Franco's, Franco, as his band is called OK Jazz. And Franco is like one of the biggest artists in, in Africa, even though he's passed away now since that time. But he was one of the biggest artists in Africa, you know, like the, the big artists in Africa who sell records in Africa are like, like Franco or Fela. And now Salif is, is, is selling quite well. And, uh, you know, so uh, I was there in, in Zaire doing the tour in about 88. And, uh, well, uh, being someone who, like, is into African music over the years, if I do a tour there, I like to just stay back and hang out and, Checking on the music, and I was there, and I was listening to a lot of uh, the 
music of Zaire because it's one of the music that I've that I've liked over the years. It's a year brand of African music. And uh, I check out these three different bands. One was Franco's band, who was like the elder man of, of, of Zaire music. And then there was another one who was like the middle man who made music for like the middle age. And there was like a young guy who made music for the, for the, for the younger ones. And I recorded three songs with the three bands. And uh, the, the one, this one that is on this album was the only one that was left in this authentic form because the other two were like songs that CBS that I was with at the time didn't, didn't like the, the authenticity of, of this music. So uh, actually what happened, we, we, we sort of changed them, sort of put in, a, you know, sort of, sort of westernized them up. And I just, I, I, it's one of the things I did in my career which I didn't really like. But I had that one. And so I've presented it here in its authentic form in which it was recorded. So do the record labels and the record companies and the powers that be, uh, do they have much input into the creativeness of an album? Do they, do they, well, tell, you, do they not, tell you not, what they think is going to be, is going to sell well and go over well? Well, what happened in that, no, not really, but not in my case. But what happened in that particular case was that they say that, well, look, this, this is not uh, the technology. It's not, you know, they don't like the technology, the sound that is going on in this day and time. They say, well, you recorded this in Africa, and the technology was not, you know, up to date, and so we, we can't put this out. So it's not really in the creativity. They, they attacked it from the technical end. Tell me about the beginning of reggae, when it first, you know, after it moved from rock steady and ska, and people were starting to get the idea of the heartbeat, you know, the, mm. the feeling. Tell me about the feeling of everybody when that first when it first came out and people were first starting to understand that it was here to stay i think when uh, when it became um when the when the when the title locked in as reggae was when the heart of the come came out and uh so that was like 1970 right right and that was at the time when uh Jamaica had gone through the stage of uh, independence from from Britain, so-called independence, and uh, then had come to the stage of say, living what is so-called independence, and uh, the people were finding out that you know we're not really independent. So people started looking looking to, to the motherland for Africa, at Africa, for their uh, stability spiritual stability and uh, that is when the reggae music came and then you know the rasta movement came up at that time and uh, that is when the the title reggae kind of really stuck on and stayed did you feel that it would be something you'd be able to do for your entire lifetime just something that would that would carry you on well music is what i wanted to do everything to do with music i mean self-expression which was either music or acting or, or painting or drawing, because these, these are the things that I loved in school. And so I knew that I would be doing these things. But music, music was uh, the, took the forefront of all of those things that I like. And so uh, I knew I would be doing music. And uh, I realized that music is something that changed. You have to keep progressing with music. Music doesn't stay the same because music expresses 
the, 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 the emotions, sentiments of, of people, either of an individual or of a community or whatever. So uh, I realized that music changes. So, you know, I just know that uh, I would be doing music, and I, if I want to stay with it, I would have to continue to, to change. As, as like the spirit of the people changes. Well, speaking of the spirit of, of musical and you know the evolution of music, how do you feel about the newest styles, the new, the new ha- hardcore dancehall styles and and such that people are doing nowadays? I, I I like I like a lot of it actually, um, especially the rhythm. You know, the rhythm has changed, and also the the contents, the the lyrical contents has changed. But I, I'm not. I can't say I like that part too much because, uh, you know, in the, in the earlier stages we were into a wider expression of life, culture, 